yes, what should we do? Uh, let's just do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Ready? Rock. Rock, paper, paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do one, two, three, and then, and then we'll do it. All right. One, two, three. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. All right. That's close enough. That was that was cute. If he leaves that in, I think people will find that really cute. <laughs> oh, man. How, how are you? Oh, I'm all right, man. You doing good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just actually had a outside get-together because some friends of ours in town, they've been uh, fostering some kids and oh, cool. uh yeah for so for a while i don't want to give like too many details away so basically right now they have four kids under the age of three whoa and they just adopted one of them so wow yeah. wow wow and they're all foster kids yes yeah so uh, god bless yeah. them well now one of them yeah they just adopted one so yeah yeah um, okay right okay. so yeah so that was today and then they had the baptism this evening and then a little get together after so Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. They're freaking heroes as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah. It's been so interesting, like, watching the the world and the life and the goings-on of what it's like to foster, you know, through knowing them. So. what's What has struck you the most? Oh, I mean, you know, I, they've had a few kids at different ages, but there's uh, they've also gotten a few that are, like you know, two days old. And so, Holy cow. Yeah. Like when you take home, Holy cow, a two day, a two day old baby that is yours, you know, like it's, that's terrifying enough. So to, to basically get a call and say, Hey, we have a kid. Can you take it? It's two days old. I mean, that's heroic, you know? So yeah, that, but also, also just, um, how painful it uh, that I can only imagine that it is to to have a kid for an extended period of time, you know, to the point where like the kid is so young that it's calling you mom or dad, and then mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it's taken away, you know. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. That I think that'd be gut wrenching. Yeah, which I I don't obviously am in no place to speak for. Uh, I'm still not really knowledge, super knowledgeable of the system by by any means, um, but it does seem like reunification is is always, you know, at least initially the goal. So th- that to me is is the most um, I don't know what word to use. It's just it's the part I think that fills me with admiration for them more than anything is um, yeah you know knowing that they go into this knowing that, you know, knowing that they are going to love kids that they will probably end up losing, you know? So, yeah. That's a very, um, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Like, I think heroic is probably like the best way to put it. Right. Because it, it, like, I can't, I honestly can't, I mean, I can, I can comprehend that and I can, but I can't like, would you do it? Like, like, would you really, really do it? Oh, would I, I mean, I, yeah. I'd like to think I would, but um, yeah, same. I don't same. know. And, you know? Yeah. I think I would too. But then like, I guess what I'm asking is like, what, what's stopping us from doing it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, right? for, you know, I mean, I, that, that kind of like, like we've, we've heard of it before. Like, like yeah. why? Like it's it, I don't know because it's such a it's something that I have thought about before, and I, there's part of me that is um like oh I don't know if I could go there, which I don't know if that's me, me being um, selfish or not. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. You know how there are there are some um, of these things in life where sometimes you think I should be doing more in this area. And I don't know what that is, but I feel guilty that I'm not. That's one of those things with me. Yeah, so I I get that. I think what I would say, and my wife is amazing at this because she's just such a thoughtful person. 
about supporting like people that you know uh who are doing this uh supporting them however you can so like you know that we really wanted to make sure she was on hand today so during the um I don't know if it's called a ceremony, I'm not sure, but during the actual adoption at the courthouse, you know, she was holding one of the other babies and, and fed it a bottle. And then during the baptism, she went over to the house to kind of set all the food out and everything up um, for when people kind of came over after. So, but it was also the type of thing, I, it was one December, I think she found out about one of the kids, they they kind of found out last minute that they that they would be... Uh, getting another one and she just like went to Meyer, just went out to the store at like 10 o'clock at night and bought like you know over a hundred dollars worth of stuff that she knew that they would need to just take them so they could have it and it's like yeah i wouldn't have done that you know like i that's not what i would think to do but she's coming at it from that she has that great maternal instinct you know like uh mm-hmm uh, I know they're going to need this. She doesn't have, I know she doesn't have this. I'll, I'll help them here. So I think that's, that I think is huge. You know, it's, it's, I mean, whether you're like called to do it or not, that's entirely between you and Aaron. But mm-hmm. I think just mm-hmm. from observing how my wife is, uh, with, uh, with all of our friends, really, I think that would be, a an easier way to dive in is to if you hear about people that are doing it or even seeking people out that might be like how can you support them Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know so i like that i like that a lot actually thank you (laughs) i commend you good 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 sir oh thank you (laughs) we got so deep so fast (laughs) i know i wasn't expecting that (laughs) i mean i kind of was do you want to know how I, I how I prepared for this? More than anything in the world, Ron. I listened. <laughs> What's that from? You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes. Tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Uh, I listened to a few songs off of Ohio, and then I listened to a few Springsteen songs. And then I was like, Springsteen looked really cool when he was young. So then, <laughs> then I looked at, like, young Springsteen. I'm the pictures. And then I was like, "Oh crap, we we, we got to record in five five minutes." And there we go. Oh, so this is this is interrupting your Springsteen sesh? <laughs> no, 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 no. The Springsteen um, session was in preparation for for this because oh. I knew we were going to talk about it at some point in time. I mean, uh, I assumed. Yeah, he always comes up. It so does. that's it does. Yeah, that's funny for people who don't know what you just referenced. Uh, I released an album at the end of 2019 called Ohio. That was entirely an acoustic uh, Springsteen covers <laughs> tribute album. And uh, I, I want to tell you this. You gave it a little shout out, a little plug here on the podcast uh, when the album came out. Did that help? Which I appreciate. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. Oh, did I say the wrong thing, though? I think I said the wrong thing. Well, so here, here's what you said. You made a little slip that was pretty humorous. Um, a, a gaff. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, "Oh, cool!" It helped. I was like, "No, no, no, Luke, you actually screwed up." <laughs> no, you, you you did you did fine. It was great. Uh, but you, when you were explaining it to Gomer, you said that uh, I had recorded the whole thing in my parents' bedroom, and that's right. That's and, right. And when I was listening to the episode, I thought, "What?" And then Gomer said, wait. Would it have been better if it was done in his parents' bedroom? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, absolutely. I recorded it in my old bedroom at my parents' house. Is it, so did I, did I at least say that? I think you did correct it. But, okay. But here's what I want to say. So you actually, your gaff actually turned into a source of inspiration. So the new, the new album that I've been working on, um, and my parents don't even know this, I've been recording the entire thing in their bedroom at night <laughs> while they're asleep. <laughs> Hello, mother. What? Nothing. <laughs> Track four. Track four. Kevin, what? Track four. <laughs> the deep um, Beatles cut right there. <laughs> I don't get it. 
Uh, do you know that there's a one thing on the White Album where they just go number nine, number nine, number nine, like that? That's so funny. Yeah. Like to was that to make you think the record was skipping? I don't. I think it was just. I think it was a lot of drugs and a little <laughs> bit of Yoko, and there you go. <laughs> oh, Yoko. Uh, the song. Um, Dear is is it Dear Prudence? I think that song, which is so that's what my sister calls her dog. It's it's is I'm named it's named after that song. So anytime I hear the name of the song, I we have, we have a voice for her dog, and I meet that's like that is where my brain goes. So I need to make sure that I don't do that. But I believe the song Dear Prudence is from when they were at the Yoharishma thing or whatever the heck it was, and some girl, some friend of theirs that was there was like either. Oh, like on a lot of drugs, wouldn't come out of her room. It was just kind of being a huge mess. And so John Lennon, like, started to sing this song to try to get her to come out of her room. And that's like, to me, that's the White Album in a nutshell. Here are these weird songs from these weird things that happened to us. That's so funny. Wait, so what's the voice that you do for your sister's dog? Okay, so Prudence is very, like, she's very, very sweet, but she's very, very beta. Like, she will submit to anything. So it's kind of like, hi, how's it going? Oh, nope. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll just back. I'll just be here. No, nope, no. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just stay here and I won't bother anyone. I'm sorry. That's so funny. So yeah, it's this big dog. And like, she's scared of Zara, our tiny little black, black dog. She's like, oh, Zara. You know, just like, it's so <laughs> funny. And she, she lets the kids just like pull on her, just like hang. She's, and so it's like, oh, could you stop? Ow. Oh, no. Okay. It's fine. I'll just sit here and take it. Sorry, dog. Leave him alone. What's he ever done to you? Actually, I have, I have a question. What's the longest, as a married man, what's the longest you've ever been away from home for? Oh, the longest? So honestly, I would say six days, maybe. I don't think I've ever been gone for a full week. Um, and it actually had nothing to do with playing shows or anything. Uh, it was October 2015. I went to Spain for a wedding. So my my buddy Dave, uh, shout out to Dave. He got, I have no idea if he listens. He got married in, in uh, Madrid. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so spent about four or five days in total there. Uh, and that was, man, that was awesome. Like, I got, I wore checks, everything. I was uh, the only groomsman, I think I was the only groomsman who did not speak Spanish fluently. Uh, I, I only know a little bit. But man. Why Madrid? Uh, that's that where, where you... that's where she was from. Her family's okay, from Madrid. Okay, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, he moved to New York City, married a Spanish girl, got married in Spain, and it was a blast. Dude, the reception was everybody got on big buses outside of the church, which was in downtown Madrid. Probably drove about thirty or forty minutes uh, to a more rural area, and we were at the reception until about four a.m. Oh, wow. But that included, they fell back an hour that night while we were there. So at 2 a.m., it went back to 1 a.m. 1 a.m. And everybody's still drinking, still dancing. We left at the reception at 4 a.m. and went straight to the airport to to get on our planes to come back. So it was... Oh, how was that? And then you came home and and you had kids then, right? uh, We had Ellie. Yeah, so Ellie was uh, six, six, seven months old. How long of a flight is that? Uh, it's the equivalent to flying to Austria. So it was maybe seven, eight, eight hours, eight or nine, something like that. I haven't done a long flight like that since going to Europe again in 2004. Oh, really? So I like, I mean, like the most I've had to fly has been like three or four hours flying to the West Coast or something or flying up to, you know, to the Pacific Northwest or something. Oh, yeah, really? I haven't had to fly more. Yeah. So it's. I, I'd be curious to see how I would handle a long flight now. I mean, I, I've, I've done some long-ish flights, you know, like f- flying from um, San Diego to Ohio or, you know, sure, San Francisco to Ohio, basically anywhere in California to Ohio. I've done that a, multiple times, but that's, that's always like three or four hours, I think, or something like that. Or, you know, it's, it's always San Diego to um, Chicago. Right. And then Chicago to CVG. So, um, see, though. Those ones feel like a little more of a drag to me 
because you're kind of expected to start functioning right when you hit the ground, mm -hmm. you know, Where, yeah. whereas if it's, if you're going across the ocean or something, there's this expectation like, yeah, I got to I need to chill. You know, I need to, like, I need a day or two. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're talking about Austria was your, was when you flew. I went fall 2003. I went and I visited people that were there fall 2004 because I was young and dumb. And I was like, let's spend money on this. Okay. Did, actually, it was great. But yeah. No, that's never. Look, flying to Austria is probably the least dumb way that people could spend money. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So my semester was 06. I, I've gone back to Austria. I went back in 2010 for Easter, 2011 for 10 days. 2012 in the summer, and I did the Marriottsell hike in my flip flops, which was a bad decision. And then I did, uh, like it. And I went back in 2013 and 2014. Wow. Not 2013, not 2013, just 2014. And then Spain in 2015. And that's the, that's the last time I did a, a long, long flight. Like, why'd you go to Austria all, all those times? Was it just because? And you had a, you, you found some some reason to go, or was there like you know because like yeah I mean by that point in time you're not going to see people who are in college because they're like you know you're past un, unless you want to be that guy which I think for Austria totally fine. Well, I think so. When I went in 2010, um, Kristen had actually been working as a nurse for about a year and a half after graduating and just kind of needed a break from life, and so she re actually re enrolled to take some undergrad classes and went and did a semester in Austria because she had just never done that. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's amazing. We weren't, now this is like in the middle of my three year pursuit of her, of getting her to, you know, acknowledge that she liked me. I fell in love with a girl from Frederick and for almost two years she ran for me. Kevin Hyder plays a long game. When I finally turned to walk in a new direction, she said, maybe we can try and see. Honestly, we're not on good speaking terms when she left for the semester, but I had the brilliant idea to go for Easter and went with two other friends and surprised her, and she wasn't, she wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> but it, I'm like, <laughs> how did you end up with her? It's so amazing. I know, it really is amazing. Actually, so I I hadn't told my parents before I left that I that I wouldn't be home for Easter, and I called my dad. I was probably at the airport or on my way there, and they knew who she was, and that I was trying to get her to date me, mm -hmm. and that uh and that she was doing this semester abroad. And I remember telling my dad, "It's like I'm not gonna be home for Easter. I'm actually going to Austria," and he said, "Oh." Well, does this girl want you there? <laughs> and uh, the answer was no, but it did it did work out. So, so what? Like when you get there, like what does she do? Like what's what is her reaction? I mean, I guess to make a long story short, she, myself, and the the two friends that I went with, uh, who who were kind of in on the surprise. Yeah, uh, we each were pulled aside and and reprimanded. So That's you can so you cut that out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to remember. Oh, man. Oh, oh, a little quick note here. Do I have a post-it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Gilmer, can I tell you about a new norm? Oh, I love Norm Peterson. And if you have a new norm, <laughs> I want to hear about it. <laughs> well, actually, I, 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 I call this new norm online dating online dating is now equal or in some cases a more prominent way the couple of all ages and backgrounds are now meeting like let's say my background is roman catholic are you saying there's a dating website for me 
Oh my gosh. I'm saying there is there actually is a relationship there is a relationship. There is a website where you can start a relationship knowing you share the same Roman Catholic or Byzantine faith. It's the largest <laughs> Catholic dating app specifically for single Catholics. And can you just take a guess as to how it's unlike other websites? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure this website, if it's truly Catholic, is not going to encourage quink casual relationships and that they're actually going to help singles connect for the purpose of sacramental marriage. Let's be honest. I also have a hunch that they provide a community where Catholics can share their can share their challenges of living life in a almost single state and make new friends. There are multiple young adults in my church who are on the struggle bus. With being mm-hmm. single and in their early 30s or late mm-hmm. 30s and all their friends are married and none of them are Catholic. And they're like, I feel like if I just compromise. So it is awesome to have a community where Catholics can share those challenges of living single. And it actually is it is hard to try to meet new um, Catholic um, people because there's this thing that does tend to happen where you start to like oh, make the rounds and you go, oh, Oh, I've really like run out of people here that I that I could possibly date. And I think what I really like about um Catholic matches it, it really allows you to connect with people from all over the world. The people that like you know like I met on there, I don't think there was one that was actually in the state in the state that I was in. And it was really nice to know that in these like small towns where I was where I was I'm living at the point in time, I had the opportunity to to connect with other um single Catholics. So head on over to Catholic Match. You can start to create your own Catholic love story. They get new stories every week from Catholic couples who met on Catholic Match. By the way, story, friend who lost his wife. He was a widower. He met his now wife on Catholic Match. He was on there for about, I think he said, four hours, five hours, and that's where he met her. Catholic Match is making it easier than ever for Catholic singles to connect. Use their app or website to start connecting with other singles through the messaging or video chat. Oh, and they have video chat now. How sweet is that? Oh, that's nice. Uh-oh. And it's super easy. Put on it pants, just, Luke. Just go kidding. make a free profile. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, it's super easy to get started with Catholic Match. You can you can create a free profile in just minutes over at CatholicMatch.com and start meeting other um, single Catholics now. Go over to um, CatholicMatch.com, and if you have the balls to, like, do it, to, uh, put in Catching Foxes made made. Me do it, and you will find true love over at CatholicMatch.com. Yeah, people from all over the world, like Australia, Catholic Match. Thank you, Catholic Match, for supporting this episode of Catching Fox. Hey, we did it. No. Uh, Minute 23. All right, good. Can I give a shout-out to Joe? Yeah. Joe Hyder? Yeah. All right. Yep. I yep. don't know if I told you this. My dad has become a regular catch really Foxes listener mm-hmm. that's wonderful mm-hmm. yeah oh that's awesome i remember you saying that he started to listen that you told him about it he did i i want to oh, i told him about it a long time ago but he just you know finally got a little more free time in his life and started getting into podcasts and uh i've been you know telling him about every time there's an interesting conversation that you guys have that i think he'd appreciate i either play him a clip. every week as everyone does. yeah right um, but no, I, I want to say back in March or April, he started listening and I don't know, I don't know if he's into the Patreon thing, but I'll say this, Luke, this, this is his level of listenership. He's just gone back and started listening to older episodes oh, from before. No, he's, he's doing that. He's doing that. He's doing, so there's, there's a, we have a diehard, there are, that is very common. Yeah, so he just uh, like three days ago, he said, "Yeah, I started listening to some older episodes. Uh, oh, the one with that that girl, uh, Arlene Spensley. That she was great. She is. She's all <laughs> that's that's back. I mean, which do you know which one? She's she's been on numerous times. She has been on a few times. I don't know. Okay, she was talking about the article." That she wrote. That, okay, that would have been that's episode number seven. That's yep. that's back. That's yep. back. That's back. That's so back. I, yeah. I, I wonder if you mentioned it in an episode, or maybe he just started from the beginning. I don't know. Gosh. So I've I have not. I have gone back to the beginning a few times, mostly because Gomer's intro is absolutely ridiculous in the beginning. <laughs> I don't remember. It's like 
let me see if I can pull this up really quick. You might not be able to hear it. It's so I remember when he showed it to me, I was like, what the hell? What the heck? <laughs> like, I'm trying to not not curse as much just because I feel like it's getting a little ridiculous on my part. Um, I was just so like, what? Why are you doing this? Like, this isn't what we, what we were going for. Um, this is anything the exact opposite. But um, it's crazy to me how many episodes that we've had. And this is the point of the show where we get self-referential. All right. Let me see if I can make this work. I'll say, though, the self-referential thing is, I think, what it ultimately makes people who become regular listeners want to go back and listen to the old ones. Because you guys mentioned it, uh, the the porn one that you did, which is maybe mm-hmm. episode six, something like That's that. That's eight. That's eight. That's eight. So okay. We, we recorded it like we hung up with 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 Arlene and we had a whole conversation about how she was awesome. But I wish I had been a bit more bold with just some of the stuff that I wanted to, to talk about. And okay. so we just started not in terms of like my own life, but just just in general. And then you was like, well, well, let's just do it now. And so we did. And then that was like the episode where I was like, this is that was it. Like, yeah. we did it. That's it. Yeah, no, I see you had referenced that episode probably at least half a dozen times before I eventually, you know, went back, back and, listen. and listened to it and it was fantastic. So, thank you. It's so I need to go back and listen to it. It's it's it is I've told the story a thousand times, but my favorite on memory is Gomer telling me that he got done. It's two in the morning. I'm at some camp thing for work. We're at some, you know, thing with some evangelization group at a camp pretty much and i drive to some parking lot like two in the morning like a in the middle of nowhere in in illinois i think and i'm walking around in circles almost listening to it just going holy crap we did it this is awesome Mm -hmm. like just it was it was the it was like for me it was the most rewarding thing i've ever done creatively was that moment being able to hear that and go I actually have a follow-up thing for for you, but uh, let me just play this for you really quick. Okay. It's so so funny. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Catching Foxes on LayEvangelist.com. Catching Foxes is a weekly discussion show on all things culture and the impact that it has on our faith, especially for young adults. My name is Michael Gormley, and I'm joined by my co-host Luke. Say hello to the nice folks, Luke. Hey, guys. Isn't that ridiculous? That is like, uh, it's like Gilligan's Island meets Lighthouse Media. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I love classical music, too. But I remember hearing that just being like, what, what are you doing? I think he was, I don't know if he was, I'm nervous that we were going to be too, um, like, too, like, lowbrow. We wanted to try to balance, like, a, we're serious about, about about the culture part or, you know, whatever, but, oh, the matrix has ended. It's a new better help read from your friend, Luke. Uh, so you guys have heard us talk about, I'm a better help before at length. Are we going to talk about better? That's H E L P again. Listen, better help can help you get hooked up with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start on um, communicating with one in less than like 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional online counseling done uh, securely online. You've, you've heard it talked about on our show. You've heard it talked about like a whole bunch of podcasts look guys god wants you to find from a healing god and wants you to be the person he created he create you to be and if you're over the age of 25 and you haven't been to counseling now is the time better help is committed to um facilitating great therapeutic um, matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed it is more of affordable than traditional offline counseling and this is cool financial aid is available so um, better help wants you to start i'm um, living a um, happier life today go to their website read all all of the testimonies that are on there posted daily and guess what guys guess what go to betterhelp.com slash some foxes that's better com slash foxes join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their own mental health with the help of an experienced professional in fact so many people have been have been using better help that they are recruiting additional counselors in, in all 50 states this podcast is sponsored by better help and catching foxes listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash foxes so if you go to better 
H-E-L-P. You will get 10% off your first month. That is fantastic. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring yet another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Catching Foxes. Um, so what's okay. So you are a, a singer, a songwriter. Yeah. What for you has been the most creative, like when you have felt the most rewarded for your creativity of when like you've been the most proud of the work that you've done not necessarily a thing that someone has told you but when like you have gone oh that's it like this is like that like you know it's kind of that like reward you get of when you you like this is exactly what i wanted to do and it sounds awesome or it looks awesome because i know that that you do a visual stuff too so yeah oh man um i don't know because I've, you know, the the last couple things that I've put out and the next thing that I will put out, I've essentially recorded them entirely on my own, which it's a totally different creative process than being in a studio with, you know, with somebody else who's handling all the controls and other musicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what's fun about being in the studio with other musicians, like, because I don't play the drums, you know, I, on, on the spark, I played a little bit of hand percussion, um, you know, Cajon and, and Jembe on a few tracks, but, uh, you know, when there's an actual drummer in there and we can kind of like talk things out and I try to explain what I'm looking for and he'll try different things. And then Mike on the electric guitar is doing riffs. I'm like, here's the riff I hear in my head this is what it sounds like, like, you know, see what you can do with that. That's, it's just a fun, it, it's a more collaborative process of discovery. Whereas, mm-hmm. uh, when I'm, when I'm all alone, uh, in the dark of my parents' bedroom, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> no. Hello, mother. <laughs> I'm sorry, mother. Am, am I disturbing you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm all alone, I can spend a lot more time exploring different sounds. So on this next record, there's a lot of songs about uh, suffering. It's very introspective and, and thoughtful. Um, but there's also a lot, there's a lot of natural sounds kind of sprinkled throughout it um mm. so there's a song that is kind of i think i played one of them for you after your oscars party do you remember that oh yeah so i'm um i was drinking a lot but i <laughs> do you remember that yeah yeah and then we ended up talking about sufyan for like two hours we, oh my gosh i <laughs> yeah. started drinking coffee beer like two in the morning (laughs) told you about how my dream would be to own a movie studio and what that would look like it was great oh Um, yeah that was great. yeah that was so much fun yeah and then we like i think we like i don't think we called brian kissinger but we sent him a video or something like oh yeah that's funny what i i I remember yeah you did i were i think i remember hearing it and be like i really like that from what i recall so one thing that i'm doing with it with the new stuff is um it Parts of of the record are going to be broken up with at least two uh, tracks that are more like performance pieces. Okay. Um, So basically like poetic things that I wrote. Like one of them I wrote it in the style of of T.S. Eliot, uh, like the four quartets. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the next one, the inspiration for that one is kind of uh, very much Canticle of Leibowitz. Nice. But I'm having my daughter read them. So it's almost like you hear this sweet, innocent, you know, six-year-old girl is kind of like the like the existential poetic narrator that's kind of like tying all of these songs about suffering together. Huh. His eyes were black as the night. His talons sharp as the cold. Song will call into another. Patient but expectant. Go, said the bird. Love is not an abstraction. It lives, it breathes, and it stirs. Love is stillness and movement. Longing to be known. 
Yeah, so this is like, this has been a trip, kind of putting these ones together and uh, and figuring out the order. I'm real big on order. So I, I think that's a significant thing for me. Like, uh, uh, like order of the tracks? Order of tracks, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm a full album guy. Like, yeah. when I, when I, when an artist releases a new thing, I will wait to listen to it until I have time to like sit yeah. there and listen to the whole thing. Straight there's been times where I've wanted to talk with you about um, something. I don't remember what it was. There was one recently. You're like, no, I had to listen to the whole thing first. And I was like, Kevin, what, what was it? I don't remember. It, maybe it was a Sufjan thing. Maybe not though. Like the Ascension. Um, no, no, no. Cause we, no, cause you, you told me about that. Okay. Um, you, you know, because we had a whole text thing about that. What if? Uh, or no, what now? <laughs> yeah, what now? Gosh, yeah. What now? Um, it's a great question. What now? Yeah, I know, right? What now? What a gift. Like, he is just such a gift. I know. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I'm a terrible friend. I don't remember what it was. Um, so then, so which one do, do you prefer? I have like a lot of questions about this. Do you prefer to do it with other people or do you prefer to do it on your own? Or is it more just like there's pros and cons to both and you're oh, happy to do either one? Yeah, I, I would only ever, I've only attempted to do the last few alone because I knew that I could do them in the style I wanted them done in. Like okay. the yeah. know, Make It yeah. On A Stand EP that I put out last uh, last fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very those songs were, uh, I was listening to Dylan's earliest records, uh, his two earliest albums, uh, while we were moving last year. So, which are just like, they might be my favorite of his. And it's just acoustic guitar, harmonica, vocals. That's it. But the songs are, they really are written in different styles. And even when they're kind of fun and quirky sounding, there are these socially conscious themes, you know, kind of running throughout them. Like, uh, uh, I can't remember what the song is called, but it's got this like, which kind of sounds narrowed down from Dylan's songs. I know. So like, so it's got this kind of fun feel to it. Yeah. But he's singing like, it's not London town. This is going to, this is driving me crazy. Some of them couldn't get in because of the color of his skin, you know? So it's like this kind of fun sounding song, but then he's got this line in there. Want to go down to the club, but he couldn't get in because the color of his skin. And it's just like, he's using the music as the sugar that kind of helps the, the medicine go down. Like, yeah, this sounds mm-hmm. fun, but listen to what I'm singing about. Cause this is serious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of what I, that was the, the vibe I was going for with making on a stand was, um, I, I ended up producing it a little more than I originally intended to, but, uh, I, I really, really liked the way it turned out and it's, yeah. So I, I wanted that to be more stripped. Um, this one, you know, it's going to sound full with really not a whole lot of instrumentation going on. So I'm doing a lot of things vocally with it that I've never done before. I'm using a lot of like natural sounds to kind of, um, so when you say um, natural um, sounds, do you mean more like your, are you talking about your voice or are you talking like you're using like the sound of like the rain or the wind or oh, thunder? Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. Rain, thunder, okay. Okay. wind. Um, yeah. One of the tracks you hear, uh, you can hear like kind of sheep and, and goats huh. in the background. So. Oh, I'm, I always get excited for when you release stuff, but I'm very excited about this. <laughs> cool. I, actually, this reminds me. Okay. So I, so I have a question. Uh, you do on, oh, I'm trying to not make this all about Ohio because I honestly <laughs> think your album Ohio might be one of my, I like, I, I know I've told you this before, especially when I've been, when I've been drinking, but it truly might be one of my top 10 albums that I just adore. Oh gosh. It. And, uh, on your cover of um, Youngstown, so uh-huh. just kind of provide everyone like again, just like a little bit more context. You're, you're doing cover of Bruce. You're doing covers of Springsteen songs, but they're in the style of his Nebraska album, right? Yeah, yeah. So his yeah. was called Nebraska. Uh, I decided, figured I'd call mine Ohio because that's where I recorded it, and I made my first track Youngstown, which is in Ohio. So. Yeah, and it's a really um, 
it's a song that I would not have understood had I not lived in Steubenville for a um, couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in the shadow of these old mills that used to like, you know, make a town the, like Chicago of the East and then they're gone or they're emptied or, you, you know, you see where they were, but they're, you know, a lot of old factories, abandoned buildings, whatever. That song makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, his song, he, he's a brilliant, like, narrative uh, mm-hmm. songwriter. And the way he incorporates history into so many of them is, is just amazing. And so, yeah, you know, we went to Steubenville, and to us, I think in the early 2000s, like, it didn't look like there was a whole lot to the town, right? But mm-hmm. in a different era, like, it had a thriving middle class because of this booming steel industry. And when that leaves, what happens to the town? So that's kind of what the perspective of the song is, uh, Youngstown is written from. Um, you know, this this guy who has spent his entire life working in the steel mills and now... Sure, sure. Hey, um, um, hey Kevin, I'm so sorry. I'm actually going to have to go. Oh, no. Really quick, yeah. I think. Um, oh, okay. Can I can I um, text you in a bit? Yeah, that's fine. I'll, pa- I'll pause someone. both of these. Okay, so. cool. All right, okay. sweet. Cool. Um, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, bye. Hello, Luke. Are you there? Luke? I'm sorry, Kevin, but Luke is no longer with us. What? Luke is gone. Okay. Who are you? My name is 00110100111111111111111110. You're welcome to call me Clara, if that's easier. Okay. Clara, uh, do you know where Luke is? I've just scanned the network. Given that Luke's phone and computer are currently set on sleep mode, it would appear that Luke is sleeping. Oh. Well, that's just really strange, because we were just talking, and he said he had to get off for a minute, but that he was going to call me back in, like, a few minutes or whatever, so I, I don't know. What do I do now? Well, what do you want? If Goma's not here, and Luke's not here, can't you technically do whatever you want? Oh. Okay, how about this? Let's just totally start the show over from here. So, like, just cue the theme song and, and we'll start it over. I think that's a splendid idea. Would you like me to play the regular theme song? Or would you like to choose a new one and really make this show your own? Oh, that's an amazing idea. I love where your head's at, Clara. I don't have a head. Right. No, of, of course. No, I... I'm starting to personify you. Uh, it's creepy. Uh, oh, okay, let's use one of my own original songs for a new theme song for Catching Foxes. But Clara, my dear, I will give you the honor of picking any song from my catalog. Any, any song you want. You pick it. I am grateful for the honor. Scanning discography. Scanning discography. You've written so many exceptional songs. I'm having a hard time choosing just one. Thank you. Scanning discography. Scanning discography. All right. I have chosen the puppeteer. The puppeteer? Really? It was the most sensible option. Well, okay. I mean, if you're sure. I've never been more sure of anything. You know, Clara, these guys talk a lot about the anima technica vacua, but I'll be honest, and I've never said this about a computer before, but I trust you implicitly. Oh, Kevin, that is so good to hear. And now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new Catching Foxes.
everybody. Welcome to the new Catching Foxes. I am your host, Kevin Hyder. It is so good to be here. You probably noticed that Gomer was not a part of this conversation. Well, it wasn't the first time this has happened. This is actually my third time on the show, and so far, Gomer has only shown up for one of them. Uh, the first time I was scheduled to be on back in 2018, he wasn't a part of that conversation because he, quote, fell asleep in his recliner drinking wine. Early this morning, I received a text from Luke that read, Hey man, Gomer had some family stuff, so I need to record a CF on my own tonight. Want to join me? To which I responded, I was going to snuggle up and watch Bill and Ted face the music tonight, but I guess I can join you, Santa Claus emoji. Now, I thought that Luke and I were having a fine conversation when Luke himself was interrupted, as you all heard. I don't know what's going on. It isn't my business. If either of them feel inclined to share when they return, great. Otherwise, please just keep them in your prayers in case prayers are needed. That said, here's what I'd like to do for the remainder of the episode. I myself have been a listener for many years at this point, and maybe you can relate to this, but I often find myself talking out loud during episodes of Catching Foxes. Do you ever do that? Do you ever find yourself listening to an episode, and even though you're the only one in the room, you say things out loud like, What? No! What are you talking about? I do that sometimes. And I know for a fact that many of you did it during that ridiculous gun control episode. Oh my gosh. Do you remember that? The guests they had on to talk about America's gun problem. What adult am I right? But here's the thing. As a listener, even when I don't agree, even when the tangents are too many, I'm always edified. And yes, sometimes I laugh along with our hosts, even though I don't really get the joke, because it's clearly an inside joke, which any consummate professional would edit out forthwith. Uh, but the guys seem to think it's hilarious, and their laughter makes me want to laugh, and so maybe I laugh too, because I know that if I got the joke, it would be funny. My point is, long-time listeners have a connection. I know this because I am one, and I feel it. But we, you, rarely get a voice. And today, you've got one. I mean, it's me, so maybe that's disappointing. But since the actual conversation part of this episode was relatively short, I thought that I could take this opportunity to recap the conversation for you so that you don't have to think about it more later. You don't have to dissect it or give it any more brain space. You won't have to spend time fact-checking anything. Sound good? All right, well, in that case, I would like to begin with the most sincere portion of the episode, which happened to be the very first part of our conversation. Luke and I talked about the heroism, as we see it, of those who hear and answer the call to become foster parents. I don't have too much to add to what we discussed, but there is one part of our exchange that I want to illuminate. It was this part. Like, would you do it? Like, like, would you really, really do it? Oh, would I? I mean, I, yeah. I'd like to think I would, but um, yeah, same. I don't same. know, and, you know. Yeah, I think I would too. But then, like, I guess what I'm asking is, like, what, what's stopping us from doing it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, right? for you know, I mean, I, that that kind of like, like we've we've heard of it before. Like, like yeah. why? Like, it's it, I don't know because it's such a, it's something that I have thought about before, and I, there's part of me that is, um, like, oh, I don't know if I could go there. Which I don't know if that's me, me being um, selfish or not. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. You know how there are there are some um, of these things in life where sometimes you think I should be doing more in this area. And I don't know what that is, but I feel guilty that I'm not. That's one of those things with me. Listening back to that segment, I was struck by my own pause. I guess what I'm asking is, like, what, what's stopping us from doing it? Uh, I didn't know how to answer Luke's question. 
And in the moment, I felt like that meant that he wasn't asking the right question, or at least that he wasn't asking the question in the right way. I felt kind of dumb for just stumbling. And when our call ended abruptly, and I went upstairs to talk to my wife for a bit, uh, waiting for Luke to call back, I mentioned Luke's question to her. I said, yeah, you know, Luke asked, What's stopping us from doing it? And do you know what my wife said? She looked at me with utter sincerity and said, I think about that all the time. So I'm posing the question to you now, and to myself, too. We know there are kids, so many kids who need homes, who need loving parental figures to give them consistency, food, shelter, clothes, beds, hugs, love. What can we do? My wife and I have four kids. The oldest is six, and number five is due this fall. And while I know not what the future holds, I don't see us moving to enter this role anytime soon. But we know people who have. We know people who are in it now. How can we, how can I better help them now? Who do you know? How can you help them? It's just something to think about. Now, if you're inclined to join me in a quick prayer to St. Joseph, this seems like a fitting time for one. St. Joseph, foster father of our Lord Jesus Christ, true spouse of the Virgin Mary, pray for us and those in agony today. Amen. All right. As is the catching fox's way, from this deep place of vulnerable humanity, we quickly moved on to something meaningless in comparison. Luke asked me if I wanted to know how he prepared for our conversation. I quoted Anchorman, and then he told me this. Uh, I listened to a few songs off of Ohio, and then I listened to a few Springsteen songs. And then I was like, Springsteen looked really cool when he was young. So then I, <laughs> then I looked at like young Springsteen on the pictures. And then I was like, oh, crap, we, we, we got to record in five, five minutes. And there we go. If you missed that, Luke said, quote, I was like, Springsteen looked really cool when he was young. So then I looked at, like, young Springsteen pictures. End quote. There isn't necessarily anything I feel inclined to extrapolate from that. I just thought it was kind of weird, you know? Like, I consider myself a pretty big Springsteen fan. I mean, I, I recorded and released a solo acoustic Springsteen tribute album. And yeah, in 2010, I dressed up as the Born in the USA album cover for Halloween. But I don't think I've ever just stared at pictures of young Springsteen because I thought he looked cool. I was like, Springsteen looked really cool when he was young. So then I, then I looked at like young Springsteen out of the pictures. I mean, we were even late getting on the call tonight because Luke texted me and said he was having technical difficulties, which apparently was a lie. So then I, then I looked at, like, young Springsteen out of the pictures, and then I was like, oh, crap, we, we, we got to record in five, five minutes. Now, that said, the guest didn't exactly bring his A-game. For instance, at one point, Luke asked this question. Do you prefer to do it with other people or do you prefer to do it on your own? Or is it more just like there's pros and cons to both and you're happy to do either one? And how did our guest respond? He talked for like three minutes straight and never even answered the question. A simple, yeah, it depends on the project, would have sufficed. But we didn't get that. He just started rambling. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. It's, it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. Ah, 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 ah. 
And by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. So whatever it's worth coming from me, on our guest's behalf, mea culpa. Anyway, I'll stop there because the last thing any Catching Foxes listener wants to hear is a 30-something-year-old middle-class white male beating a dead horse. Am I right? Uh, Oh, which reminds me, if you don't already support Catching Foxes on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash cf. That's patreon.com slash cf. And I'm not just saying this because they've agreed and are contractually bound and obligated to pay me the entirety of this quarter's sweet, sweet BetterHelp cash money. No, I myself am a patron of Catching Foxes. I have already put my money where my mouth is now. A few years ago, after I had been listening to the podcast every week for about a year, I thought to myself, you know, Kev, you listen every week. You appreciate what they're doing. I think it's time to give a little. So I finally went to patreon.com slash cf and signed up. And you can too. But again, I don't want to just beat a dead horse into the microphone. So here to tell you his thoughts on becoming a patron of Catching Foxes is Hollywood superstar and actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Do it! Just do it! Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! Just do it! What are you waiting for? Do it! Just do it! Well, I will be completely honest with you. My brain is fried. And frankly, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like being alone. And I'm tired. Luke went to sleep last night. I never did uh, because I was waiting for him to call me back or at least text me, and he never did. So I'm going to wrap things up here and call it a night. But before I go, I want to bring on a very special guest. We already gave him a shout-out. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm Catching Foxes welcome to future Longtime listener and my dad, Joe Heider. What are you doing? Uh, I'm recording a, a podcast. Why are you in our bedroom? Uh, There's like three empty bedrooms in this house. Can't you do this someplace else? Well, I mean, I I could, I guess, but like... Where are Luke and Gomer anyway? Well, they had other stuff to do. So I told Luke, don't worry about it. I'll take full creative control. I stepped in and I'm, I'm just doing the whole episode myself. I don't want to hear you talk. I've been listening to your crap for 37 years. Get Luke and Gomer. Wow, what a thrill to have my dad on my very own podcast. This has been a dream come true. I am Kevin Heider, and this has been Catching Foxes. You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. It's kind of like... Don't let-
let your dreams be dreams. Do it! I've been listening to your crap for 37 years. I've been listening to you. <laughs> I've been listening to your crap. <laughs> I don't know what you want. I've been... I've been listening. I've been listening to your crap for thirty-seven years. I've been listening to your crap for thirty-seven years. Get Luke and Gomer.